I'm incredibly jealous of you, James. Have you still not got your keyboard? Not only have I not yet received my magic keyboard, the estimated delivery date just got pushed back another day. So now what day we're looking at now? Uh, Thursday. Ah, uh, and it's currently Tuesday night for you. Right. Yeah, but and up until... in Australia, you'd actually be one day closer to Thursday. <laughs> up until an hour ago, it was supposed to be here Wednesday, so... I've got a, a theory about that, though. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think the 11-inch ones were maybe ready to go just a little bit sooner than the 12.9-inch ones, because... Because I was sitting there clicking the refresh button and ordered my keyboard the moment it was available on the website. And it seems that, I mean, you got yours like pretty instantly a couple days later. And the majority of the reviews that came out, at least initially, were all of the 11-inch keyboard. That's right. Um, So I think maybe, yeah, those shipped a little faster for some reason. Yeah, that sounds like a valid theory. So, but... uh. I'm itching to try it out. Does anyone have a 12-inch one yet? Um, it's kind of, you know, it's hard to tell just from watching uh, videos and pictures which one's which because they look remarkably similar. Right, yeah, without, like, a point of reference to really tell what the size is. I think maybe, like, maybe Marquez Brownlee had a bigger one, potentially, but uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. We could just jump straight into the show and talk about it then since it's the first topic. All right, let's do it. Good morning again. Good morning. So, yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate you didn't have your hands on it for the show. That would have been perfect timing. Well, I guess you're going to have to carry all the weight for this. I'll have to tell you all about it. At least you don't have <laughs> long to wait. Yeah, I can manage another day and a half. They shipped a lot earlier than expected because they're not supposed to be here until May. And as we record, for me, it's the 22nd of April. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a surprise announcement alongside the SE that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Yeah, the, it was definitely expedited. I'd actually ordered a um, an iPad case for Yasmin's iPad about a week before ordering this uh, iPad Pro Magic keyboard, and that case is still not here. That's how expedited <laughs> this one was. Wow. Yeah. What uh what iPad does she use? Uh she's got the twenty seventeen iPad. Oh, okay. That's all in quotes, so yeah. Non laminated, pretty slow. Right. But it's just a video machine, so she doesn't need much else really. But like brand new, the the just iPad costs the same as the keyboard, so <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think I think we got uh that twenty seventeen iPad on like uh I don't know, some sort of special. I think we paid $380 Australian for it, and I just paid 499 Australian for a keyboard. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, yeah, nothing really beats the just the base iPad in terms of bang for your buck. That's a great deal. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's done for years now, and there's no signs it's going to... Right. You know, yeah, there's no competition anywhere. There's no competition, yeah. It's a pretty so. easy buy. I should probably so explain you- how I got this uh, keyboard as well, since uh, as we left the last two shows, I think I was pretty adamant that I wasn't buying it. Right. Uh, but I discovered that the uh, the frequent flyer program that I'm part of offers uh, lots of Apple accessories, and 
iPad cases and keyboards being one of them. Uh, and, okay. Uh, so at, at this time, the one I've got in my hands is not one I've got through the frequent flyer program because, you know, they don't come on like day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, eventually I'll end up just buying one. Well, using spending the points that I've got in that uh, shop, in quotes, and that way I'll get it for free, in quotes. So you'll, you'll then return the one that you have now, or? Yeah, I'll have to end up returning that uh, the one I've got right now. Okay, so you've got like a two-week window to do this. I do, <laughs> and there is a very high chance that I'll end up um, having a period of time where I don't have it, I guess. Ah. that's all right <laughs> i mean I, I was always going to get this one uh, as like a trial for a few weeks to see if i actually wanted it right um so i just got lucky i guess that i found that i could also get it through this frequent flyer thing as well i mean i had to get it for the show basically <laughs> right that's yeah, what it's it comes a down business to. expense it's probably a tax <laughs> write-off well <laughs> if this show had any sort of uh uh business structure to it then maybe but <laughs> It's lacking that. I mean, we make money. We just give it all away. Mm. Right. <laughs> Although we haven't made money in a while because there have been no ads in the show. Right, yeah. So after a couple days with the keyboard case, what's your review of it? Mm, I find it hard to review things after a few days because I'm always pretty like backwards and forwards on things. But mm-hmm. early days opinion, I'm going to say it is an absolute game changer for the iPad. Right. It makes it so much more usable. It's like it's like the iPads had a missing arm up until this point, and now that arm has been attached. <laughs> and do you find the trackpad comfortable? It is. It's not bad. That was, that was actually my biggest worry, or the thing I was mm-hmm. most curious about, because, I mean, we've all used keyboards on iPads before, uh, and I've even used, like, uh, trackpads on the iPad before, I mean, since that became available. Uh, and the size of this trackpad is probably one of the smallest trackpads I've used in many a year. Mm-hmm. Probably since like when ThinkPads were still owned by IBM um, <laughs> back that long ago. Have I not used a trackpad so small? But okay. it doesn't seem to be a problem. It, I mean, it is small. You definitely notice it's small. But it's not like every time you go and use it, you're like, oh, I've hit the edge again. I've hit the edge again trying to do this <laughs> basic task. How does the uh, the clicking uh, mechanism feel? Certainly not as good as a Mac. Definitely not as good as like a haptic engine Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it doesn't feel as nice a click as the um, the Macs that had like a real click, but you couldn't click at the top. If you know what I mean. Right. What do you call those? The diving board style ones. So the click right. doesn't feel as nice, but it does make up for it. By being clickable all over, you don't have to click at the bottom. You can click at the top if you want. That's actually oh, something that's awesome. I've I've struggled to get used to. Sometimes I find my finger at the top and move it down to click, and then I have to remind myself. Actually, no, I can click anywhere. So that's just <laughs> a little getting used to thing. But it is really nice to be able to click all over it. And I haven't turned on tap to click, by the way, because I'm a purist. See, I I'm usually I'm in the same boat as you. Um, with my magic trackpad on my Mac, I, I prefer press, press to click, but I specifically have tap to click turned on, on my, uh, podcasting 
uh, iMac just so I'm not making a clicking noise while recording and I can just quietly <laughs> <laughs> operate the interface. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> so I don't have it yet, but from the couple of videos I've seen, there's actually a few things that have come up that I just didn't occur to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, that I it never occurred to me that this wouldn't be able to fold back on itself. This is exclusively a keyboard stand, and if you want to use it as a tablet, you have to detach it to do that. Yeah, so every generation of keyboard is getting worse and worse at being just like a tablet mode. <laughs> right. <laughs> because the original keyboard would fold back and also be like the keyboard would be hidden so you wouldn't like be holding the keys and then the second generation was fold back and the keys would be exposed so you had to hold the keys while using it which i hated i never used it in that mode because it just didn't feel nice Mm -hmm. Uh, and then finally we've at at the you can't fold back at all but it, it does actually uh work out that Unlike any of the previous cases, I find that the keyboard case just stays on the desk and it also stays plugged in as well, which is nice. And mm-hmm. when I want to use the iPad around the house, uh, I just take it off the case altogether and just use it in like iPad mode. Right. Yeah, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that's probably not as much of an issue as I initially thought because the case I mean, using the iPad and tablet mode, even with the keyboard folio, is a little heavy and cumbersome. And so I imagine with this, it would be even worse. And so I think taking the iPad off is the best option, even if you could theoretically fold it around. Right. Uh, and I think I mocked that possibility a few shows ago. I said, like, no one's going to move it around the house. Right. Um, you're going you're gonna to want to have like four of these so you can just dock it <laughs> when you want to. <laughs> but it turns out... Maybe it is because of the weight, and we can get onto that next. But I just I tended to just leave it on my desk where I do like actual work and typing and worky work. Does it and, feel pretty uh, heavy? It's heavy, yeah. When the courier handed it to me, mm-hmm. he actually handed it to me, which is weird. I thought he would like throw it to me, like the postman does. He just like throws stuff <laughs> at the door these days. Literally, you hear a bang as it hits the door. But, do you not have a mailbox? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is when things are, like too big to fit in the mailbox. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the courier is a a different company and he handed it to me. And it was like he was handing me like a thick uh, hardcover Bible. It was that heavy when it was the keyboard, the box, and then the like the brown paper, brown cardboard box that wrapped it all up for shipping. It was, it felt, yeah, it felt like a a thing of rocks. Yeah, tracking the status of my keyboard, it says the package that's coming is three pounds. So right, <laughs> yeah, that is heavy. That's like a whole computer, a whole laptop. Right. <laughs> yeah, actually, the box that it comes in is really nice. It's like one of the nicest Apple boxes I've had something shipped in. That's saying something for an Apple box. They're all I know. nice. Yeah, it's like it's really thick. It's got this like nice kind of texture to it on the inside. Yeah, it's a really nice <laughs> box, but it does add to the old... Maybe they did it like that, so you felt like the thing was getting lighter and lighter, and you, get, once you don't you've realize how heavy keyboard, the keyboard you're like, oh, actually, is. the keyboard's quite light. <laughs> it's all a perspective <laughs> thing. I'm I, glad you I don't wouldn't, have to use it in the box. I wouldn't put it past them to like think about things like that when they're designing packaging. No, me neither. <laughs> um, but the weight as well is 
I think they've done it on purpose and made it heavy, probably heavier than it needs to be, because it does mean the the whole contraption together is a lot sturdier than it might be if the keyboard was was light. Right. Uh, because already, if you do use your iPad uh, on the Magic Keyboard on your lap and say um, your knees are like slightly less than 90 degrees, uh, it's already leaning back on itself a little bit, like the trackpad will be raised up a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So it does. It seems to be as heavy as it needs to be to make for a pretty sturdy experience. And and, and speaking of sturdy, you can carry this thing around by the keyboard with the iPad attached, which is pretty cool. Like as oh, if really? you're carrying a MacBook around by the keyboard, whereas I would have never done that with the folio. <laughs> yeah, I've seen when this this new iPad design came out, people were doing things like sticking them to the side of their refrigerators. So they've got pretty strong magnets in them. Yeah, that's very strong. Yeah, I think I've done that. Put it on the oh, fridge. Yeah. yeah, mine is kind of curved a bit, so I can't stick it to the side. Oh, what happened there? Oh, the fridge is curved. The fridge is curved. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd had this grand accident with your iPad that you'd forgotten to tell us about. No, no, no. Uh, one other inconvenience that I've seems odd to me is that you have to actually go all the way into settings to turn the keyboard backlight on and off um yeah you do actually i saw this mentioned in a few reviews and they Mm -hmm. got it wrong um, okay because the reviews said well if you want to watch a movie you have to go into this the settings and turn the keyboard backlight off because it'll be annoying you well well no you don't because it acts just like a, a macbook backlight in that once you stop using the keyboard the backlight turns off Oh, really? Yeah. Well, just imagine using a, a MacBook. Once you stop typing for a few minutes, then, yeah, just like I said, the backlight just turns off, as you would expect. And exactly okay. the same for this. I saw the backlight also has, like, an auto brightness adjustment feature. So Yeah, so it seems to use the iPad's um, brightness detector, whatever you call that. Yeah, so it seems to me... Especially if this isn't something you're going to be carrying around and concerned about draining your iPad's battery. This is just a feature you leave on and never have to think about. I haven't once thought I need to go and change something here at all. Like right. When it's bright, the backlight just turns off. When it's dark, it, it ramps up a bit. Um, okay. And then when you're watching a movie, it just turns off after a minute or two. Like, there's nothing there. Any yeah. complaints are just, like, people who compulsively change the backlight to make it like the perfect brightness or just are always turning it off because i don't know they don't want that like half a percent battery drain per hour (laughs) Uh, speaking of battery you said that the built-in usb-c port charges the ipad very slowly yeah so this is another thing that was like some reviews had it one way some reviews had it another way some said i think it was uh, Marcus Brownlee said it charges charges the iPad at the same speed as just plugging into the regular USB C port on the iPad. Mm-hmm. But then I think it was the Verge's review said this charges pretty much like you'd expect a wireless charger to charge, which is pretty slow. Um, hmm. And I did a fairly casual, unscientific test, and while I was using the iPad, it went from like forty-five to fifty-five percent in touch over an hour. I think it was. It's pretty slow, yeah. That's pretty slow, isn't it? Yeah. But then we've got a pretty major YouTuber saying charges at the same speed. So I think more testing should be done on my behalf. 
And I, I was using it at the time, although it was just web browsing. It was hardly taxing. Right. Yeah, I wonder if you do something like a large video render or something, if you could theoretically still see it, it drain while plugged in. I bet you could, yeah. <laughs> I was even um, charging my iPhone off the USB-C port on the iPad while having it plugged in to power. Well, the iPad was plugged into power via the Magic oh, Keyboard. interesting. And, yeah. And uh, I expect the iPad would actually lose power at that with that configuration. Right. I did mean to I th- check, but I didn't get around to checking. This is also interesting to me because I think it's kind of opening the door to kind of what future portless devices from Apple can look like. Uh, because, you know, imagine three or four years from now, the iPad ships with a, a keyboard like this, maybe not quite this nice, but like a basic basic one with a USB-C port built in and, and no port on the device at all. And the iPhone gets gets something similar. There was rumors going around just this last week of of Apple's testing out smart connectors on the iPhone. And we've been seeing those rumors since the iPhone 7. So uh, I think this could be potentially a way they're they're trying to step into more of a, a portless future and still be able to connect peripherals. Isn't it, is it the Apple Watch that also has some sort of uh, smart connector like hidden in the... Um, in the clasp uh, area yeah. as well, yeah, and and people were uh, guessing that that might be some sort of smart watch band coming in the future. So yeah, they've definitely been on onto that onto these sorts of things, but they're going to have to significantly improve it because the smart connector doesn't seem to transfer or have high bandwidth capabilities. Right. Yeah, it seems to be very small. Yeah. But maybe there'll be a smart connector too in a couple of years that'll that'll solve all those problems. Ah, oh, undoubtedly, and it will not be backwards <laughs> compatible, will it? <laughs> Probably not. No. Uh, it's nice for my podcast setup though that I can now have my iPad charging as we're doing this. It was always a vague concern that I had to have the iPad charged uh, before I start podcasting because the microphone was taking up the one and only port on the iPad. Oh, right. Yeah, that's that's nice to have a second USB C port. Yeah, I'm I mean, even if it's really just handy. charging. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, back just a few minutes when we were talking about the um, adjusting the backlight, the key backlight brightness. Um, I can definitely say that having like a row of media keys would not work because even a few days in now, I'm still sometimes hitting the iPad itself when I'm going for the number row of keys. So there is oh. not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of space there. Yeah. If, if I start with my fingers on the home row, then it's no problem, but oh, actually that's cool. My, my keyboard backlight was off and I didn't touch a key. I just rested my fingers down and it, uh, turned the backlight on somehow. Hmm. It's like it sensed I was there. Anyway, yeah, if my fingers are on the on the home row and I'm just touch typing, there's no issue. But if I'm like, I don't know, scratching my head and I just go in to hit a number, then <laughs> yeah, I'll often hit the iPad by accident. Huh. I know the, there's no way you could fit another row there. The uh, Logitech keyboard for the iPad Air that also has a trackpad, um, it has a function row. 
I don't know if the, the trackpad is significantly smaller to accommodate that extra row of keys, or if it just has to do with the way it's designed, they're able to fit keys on better, but I would hope in the future, I think a functional could be very useful on iOS. Um, I'd be surprised if Apple did it. It would definitely be handy. Right. But it's probably like not in their philosophy to to add it there when it when they've got like the software equivalent kind of already there and easily accessible like the the actual control center on the ipad because that doesn't really exist on the mac does it there's no there's no control center like that where you've got all your settings i mean there's the status bar right Hmm. yeah and i guess that probably would be a little counterintuitive considering they're trying to get rid of the function row on the macbooks too (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <you can> say <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm less worried yeah. about having actual function keys more than just like it'd be nice to have brightness adjustment or even like a home button on the keyboard or invoke multitasking I guess a lot of that's gestures so that's still doable yeah you've got command h to go home and then three finger swipe up to get right well that's home as well or three finger swipe <laughs> up and pause to get into multitasking I guess play pause and would be nice to have and maybe some volume controls yeah, yeah, it probably would be nice. Although the volume controls are physically on the iPad, and they're in a good position as well. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe it's not as big of a deal as I was thinking. No, I don't think you'll find it will be. Hmm. I really need an eject key for my iPad. Why do you need that? <laughs> what are you ejecting? <laughs> I don't know. I just looked down at my keyboard and saw the eject key, and <laughs> initially wondered why my iMac without a CD drive came with a keyboard with an eject key on it, but there's one still there. Why? Why would I have it? Well, I do have a USB CD drive, which I guess that's the answer, because there's no eject button on Apple's USB CD drives. So No, there's not. You either have to right-click on it and hit eject from the, like the option menu, or mm-hmm. have the button on the keyboard. Yeah. Command E is also eject. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Are the old days from like the original versions of macOS where if you want to do eject something, you just well, I think you still can drag it to a trash can to eject, can't you? Oh yeah, you can definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, that's classic. Now, yeah. I remember pe- blowing old people's minds with that when I showed them how to do it. <laughs> um, viewing angles, I was slightly concerned about, especially seeing things. Um. Because some people in Thailand seem to have got get this thing on Friday, and they were mm-hmm. they mocked up a few things that showed that the viewing angle was kind of it did not look as extreme as Apple's own videos made it out to be. Um, and have you found it? I have not had a problem with that at all. I think it's the the addition of the height means you don't need an as extreme viewing angle, like uh, the angle between the iPad and your eyes is not as acute because the iPad's slightly higher up. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I've actually been tilting it away from the extreme angle at, at sometimes. Actually, especially during video conferencing, which I'm doing a lot these days, and I guess a lot of people are. But it's really nice just to be able to tilt the iPad forward and get your face like centered in the video, in the picture. Right. Uh, instead of before, where you kind of had to like sit over the top of the iPad and then you'll get like this nice shot up your nostrils. <laughs> so even if you were to set the iPad on your lap, you'd find that the angle is still usable? I haven't done a lot of lap testing at the moment. Mm-hmm. 
I've mostly done desk use. But I, I tried it on my lap last night, just for an hour or so. And yeah, it wasn't a problem. Okay. I was reading a, a theory, I think it was just today, that was that uh, the angle limit is, is what it is because with the iPad kind of floating up higher uh, any farther back and it'd be top heavy and topple over. Yeah, yep. Definitely, as I was saying before, if you had it on your lap, but your knees were lower than your waist, it's already pretty like top heavy. Like It's right. kind of sitting on its hinge and kind of balancing there. So any further back and you'd be definitely limited to using it on like a, a flat surface. Right. Yeah, it would limit the, the knee usage of it. Okay. Well, I'm... I think I've come out of this even more excited. Most of my my worries have been uh, calmed. So thanks for the reassurance, <laughs> I guess. Good. That's what I was going for. <laughs> so I, I didn't guess really the final... About... Yeah, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the feel of the keys. Um, yeah. Is, is nice. It's maybe like a tiny bit too cramped for me still, but I can definitely live with it. Mm-hmm. I think when I'm going to buy my next iPad, it's going to be the bigger one, though, just to get the bigger, like, full-size keyboard. Right, um, yeah. But it's definitely something you can live with. And it's funny to me, uh, even dealing with this 11-inch iPad now, you're talking about the, the keyboard being a little squished. One of the original selling points in 2010 when the iPad came out was that the on-screen keyboard was a full-sized keyboard, and that was on a 9.7-inch <laughs> screen. 9.7 I think they just meant the layout though right not the size of it uh the way that I that it was interpreted was that it was the size although mm, okay. it it didn't have you know quite as many keys on the side it was just the the letters so maybe they could fudge the truth just a little bit and to get that as mm-hmm. a true statement yeah um the feel of the keys I think I said this to you already is that somewhere between um, scissor and butterfly on a uh, on an actual uh, MacBook, and that sounds great to me. Yeah, it feels like uh, scissor switches with slightly less travel mm-hmm. than you might hope for. But <laughs> it feels fine as someone who actually liked the butterfly keyboard to type on. I right. I really like the feel of it. Oh, and it's got the inverted T. It doesn't have the fat side arrows. <laughs> Yeah, they seem to have, have completely abandoned the the larger side arrows at this point. Rejoice. Actually, but so. I know you had like a final thought on it, but I'm still going. Yeah, uh, go ahead. You can remap the keys to uh, like the caps lock to escape. So mm-hmm. that'll be handy to to regain escape. Um, but But as we're talking right now, my caps lock key doesn't work and I cannot make it work. Uh, it doesn't oh. seem to be a hardware problem, though, because if I were to remap Caps Lock to something else like Escape, then it does what I expect. But when it's mapped to Caps Lock, I cannot get Caps Lock to come on. It will it acts as if it's always mapped to the globe key, but it doesn't quite do the same thing as the globe key. And I've gone into settings and tried changing the mapping away from Caps Lock and back to Caps Lock, but uh, as we're speaking, I have no Caps Lock on this keyboard. Wow, that's an odd problem. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Although I also had an issue with my caps lock key uh, this week. Um, I went in and I remapped caps lock on my my Folio keyboard uh, mm-hmm. to command. And uh, 
I apparently, before switching it over, tapped the caps lock key once. So everything was was stuck in caps, and there's no way to turn it off, turn it off. So I had to go back in and and uh, adjust it back to caps lock, turn caps lock off, and then <laughs> set it back to command. Because even like double pressing shift wouldn't engage caps lock or disengage it like it mm. traditionally does. Right. So. You could have just wondered it would be either an old person or a really angry person on the internet for a couple of days. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. I wonder if it would take a... I don't know what it would take. Like a fresh iOS install to fix your keyboard issue? Or if it's a firmware issue with the keyboard or what? Um. Yeah. I think if I restored my iPad, it would probably fix it. But that's just such a hassle. Right. Like when you have a keyboard issue on a Mac... You don't say, oh, I better reinstall macOS. Like, <laughs> just get a new keyboard or something like that. Right. Well, at least you are going to be getting a new keyboard, so maybe not as much of a concern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How often do you use caps lock anyway? Exactly. Pretty much never. Right. Maybe once a week at most. <laughs> All right. So my final question for you about this keyboard is, um, is it worth it? Is it worth having it or is it worth the $500? Is it is it worth the $500? Oh. Oh. What a question. <laughs> it's still... Oh, I don't know. It's definitely worth having. I'll say that. It's, it, I feel like I can 99% be without a Mac now. Wow. A few, few bits and bobs that I still do, but I've used it since... When did I get it? Monday. So I've used it for my jobby job for what, two days, I guess. <laughs> That's not as long <laughs> as I thought it would be when I started that sentence. I've used it for two days and um, I have not needed to go to my Mac. Whereas all the other um, previous solutions I'd come up with for using the iPad full time, there's always always felt like, oh, this task would just be uh, way less of a hassle on the Mac. Um, right yeah yeah, yeah all right I'll, I'll say it's worth it that's pretty high praise i'm i'm solidly impressed now i hope you enjoy it i hope i haven't talked <laughs> it up so high that you're only going to be disappointed no i don't i don't think there's any way that you could have hyped me up more than i've already gotten myself so <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this is a setup this is that is going to last me many years whereas any previous setups it's always been like this is just something to get me through until apple releases something better mm-hmm. but this is like the final evolution of the ipad and keyboard combo which it's not but it's right. uh, final enough to, to probably keep me happy for the next three seconds until apple releases something else no, there's a great <laughs> There's a a great comment on uh on this post by Hey You DVD. Uh, uh, he says that the the smart keyboard is a fundamentally different product than the folios we've gotten in the past. Um, Tim Cook in the past has used the analogy of of a refrigerator toaster, of of one thing trying to do like two opposite things and just being terrible at both, and and that's kind of what our folio has been is uh it's not a good laptop there's no trackpad the keys are crappy and it's not a good tablet because you fold it back and you got these keys on the back and it's not a great tablet experience either um but this is is um 
this magic keyboard is like definitively like a more of a dock and it turns the iPad into a, a good laptop. And if you want to use a good tablet, you take it off and you have the iPad itself as a good tablet. Yeah, that, that definitely rings true. And not just because it's way easier to add and remove the iPad to the case. Like with the folio, it was so firstly, it was stuck on there, like with nails almost, it was so hard to remove it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was also kind of janky to get it into the right position as well. Um, Right, which has been an issue with every case for the iPad Pro so far. Yeah, right. And I guess because it was lighter, you just ended up leaving it on there more and then you'd like carry it around the house or take it with you. And then it was kind of, it was never where you needed it to be. Um, Mm -hmm. But with the Magic Keyboard, maybe because of its weight, maybe because it's got a pass-through charger, I just leave it on my desk and dock the iPad when I want to use it with the keyboard. And it's just there and it's ready and it powers it. And I stick it on there at the end of the day and it's powered in the morning. Um, right. It's kind of like a wireless charger, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, but that yeah. also means that when I'm not using the keyboard, then I do have an iPad without a case, which is lighter and doesn't have keys on the back and mm-hmm. feels better in the hand and all those things. I'm just I'm just looking around it, admiring it, wondering if there's anything else to say about it, actually. We've already got 30 minutes on a keyboard. This was not the topic I expected to spend all the time on. Really? I guess there's a, no, lot, I, there's a lot to I say about it. I thought it was. That's why I put it up, <laughs> up the front. Ah, okay. <laughs> I guess it's the most relevant to me since I have one on the way, so I'm most yeah. interested in this. you get it in time for the weekend. Have a good play with it. That's right, yeah. So... There's been a lot of a lot of news since our last show, though. Yeah, so an iPhone SE came out as well. Yeah. Alongside the keyboard, they also threw in a new phone. Yeah, a new phone. People are calling it the phone of the year as well. Which is, uh, you know, a big deal considering how early in the year we still are for people to be deeming it that at this point. Yeah, right. So the SE is a very, very cheap iPhone with an A13 in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's better than my iPad, which only has a lowly A12. A12X. Yeah, sorry, I, A12X. Yeah. I actually don't know how those two compare. No, I, mean, I imagine A13 probably beats it. They usually tend to even surpass the X chips year over year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, at, at $400, this is, uh, you know, the fastest phone you can buy you know, anywhere, period, for $400 is an incredible deal. And the body of it is like the final form of a multi-generation uh, iPhone as well, which so is the iPhone 8 body, which is Touch ID and all the things we know and love about like a whole era of iPhones. Yeah, it's very much uh, carrying the torch of SE. So with the, Not the, the same... torch that some people hoped, but yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> you mean some people were hoping for the iPhone 5 design still? Yeah. Some people really thought that the SE was like small edition, like the small iPhone. What is it? 4.7, I think, for the SE? Or uh, was that the, the iPhone one? 4? The new one is 4.7. The new one's 4.7. Okay. Yeah. The original SE was 4. Right. Yeah. So so some people thought that SE meant it might be like this Apple's small iPhone. But it was never going to be that. It was always going to be 
the extend the production line and tooling of this these uh, these shapes and sizes, which is the iPhone eight one, right? And uh, maybe a small detail, but an exciting one for me. I really really like the look of the the white iPhone with the black front still. That's a design I wish they would have had, you know, back when these were the flagship. Yeah, so was the iPhone was it the iPhone 7 that was the last white face iPhone? The iPhone 8 had white face as well. Ah, okay. So wait, what was the original? Was the original white face and then they changed it to only black face? <laughs> we should probably find a better word for this, but yeah. So to speak. Um, yeah this this iphone se is the first uh touch id phone to have a black uh front and a white back right gotcha so which i've never really liked the white front very much no no it was definitely the wrong choice right yeah that's what what always caused me to opt for the for the black iphones year over year was just to have a nice, like, solid black phone when the screen was off. Yeah, that looks really good. It's a really mm-hmm. good look. So, so it's not going to convince you to get one, though, surely. <laughs> no, there, there was no uh, draw for me. But uh, what about you? Um, yeah, I'm pretty convinced. I'm not sure, really. Uh, like, maybe if my SE was to die, I think this would probably be the phone I'd. Maybe the phone I'd go for. Right. What if they announce? iPhone 12 this year with like you know the really sleek iPad Pro design and they've got some real killer use for the for the lidar scanner on the back would that be enough to draw you away from this you know Ooh. steal of a phone that would be so appealing wouldn't it to have that that same design right cuz that would kind of be the continuation of the current SE sorry the previous SE's design which was carried on from like the 4 and then the 5s and the SE, and then the 12. Yeah, what yeah, a, that's a killer design. Wait, is that one of our s- topics? I can't remember because I chopped and changed a few times. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we do have no, a... No, it's not. It's not a topic, so we can talk about it. Oh, okay. I didn't even see you switch the topics in the last minute. <laughs> hey, like a solid hour ago. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it's kind of an interesting flip in that way that... The iPhone SE originally was the square phone when all the iPhones went to rounded, and now the SE is going to be the last rounded phone when they're all going back to like a square, squared off design. Huh, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> it's definitely the phone that means that they can extend the the production line like into the future. Something that they've already invested. Right. I don't know how many like tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in into these production lines and. Like to eke out another couple of years must be so valuable to the company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is just going to be printing money for them. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it also takes on a whole new segment of Android phones, which they never even like addressed before. Yeah. These, the mid range Android phones stand no chance. They can't compete. Uh, because there's no mid-range Android phones using flagship processors. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like people who are buying mid-range Android phones are not choosing them because they're Android loyalists. It's because that's the phone that fits 
you know, their budget and the people who are really staunchly, you know, Android only and, and iOS isn't customizable. It's garbage are the people buying you know, the S 20 ultra for a thousand dollars. So right. I think, I think this iPhone is going to handily like capture that whole mid range market now. Yeah, most people that I see getting these mid-range Android mid-range Android phones are the ones that see it as like a oh, it's only another ten dollars a month on my phone plan, so that's the phone I'm getting. Unlike right. the iPhones, which are like another seventy bucks a month on my phone plan, so there's no <laughs> way I'm going to add that on. Yeah, no, but the, the the um, what's the current um? Is it the eleven R? Just the eleven. The 11, sorry, yeah, the 11 non-pro was like the current one that um, was like the, the cheaper addition to the phone plan, but there were just still so many Android phones that were way cheaper. Most people do upgrade their phones when, when they re-sign or re-contract still in 2020, even though it's like way more expensive than it used to be. It used to be like get a brand new top-of-the-line iPhone for $0 a month when you sign up for, for two years. Right. Um, those yeah. days are long past, but... Um, people still do typically, from my experience, or what I see in the wild, so to speak, uh, get a new phone when they recontract. Um, and the Android phones were just the one to get because it was five, ten bucks a month. But now I think, uh, and actually I might even be in this boat when I next uh, look for a phone. Cause I, I expect that the SE is going to be like the cheapest one you can contract onto. Oh, yeah. I think... If mid-range Android manufacturers want to hold on to the market, the best way to do it, considering they're targeting a segment that doesn't really care or or isn't aware of the difference in, in specs as much, is is to get their mid-range phones to have like a modern edge-to-edge display look to them. Because then if you present someone with an iPhone that looks like it's the five-year-old iPhone and an Android phone that's got kind of a modern design to it with a, a bigger display they might still opt for the android because it looks like the newer nicer option mm, yep 100 percent. so they'd be poorly misinformed but <laughs> <laughs> it is like the one main visible feature because even when people read the specs it you know it goes over a lot of people's heads but when sure. you see the screen as being edge to edge of course it looks like a way newer phone than something with these huge chunky bezels and a button on the front right there are people out there who still prefer the home button and touch id so yeah there I'm are sure, yeah i'm sure a lot of people will still go for it for that reason as well yeah could actually be a draw card <laughs> and the camera system in the se so it's the camera from the from the 10r is that right yes yeah but it, it does have some advanced uh, processing capabilities uh, brought by the A13. So it's going to be slightly better than the 10R camera is what I'm expecting. I think, man, the iPhone 11 was, was such a, a great deal uh, on its own. Uh, and it was you know easily my go-to phone to recommend for people. And I think uh, almost 100% of the time, this, this new iPhone SE will be my, my recommendation for people. Because yep. tech enthusiasts aren't coming to me for recommendations. That's the people who who don't care about phones and will be perfectly happy with an SE and not have an OLED display. So this is definitely yep. going to be my new phone to recommend. Oh yeah, hundred percent. My my only question, uh, which I'm sure will be answered 
once these are starting to get in the hands of viewers is uh what battery life is going to look on the look like on these mm, right because the iphone you 11 is going to be really good no <laughs> i mean it's not gonna <laughs> it's really it really good is is probably not the word i'm going for good enough it probably will be um the iphone 11 has the best battery life of any iphone ever made so i don't think you're going to beat that uh but because this is what an 1800 milliamp hour battery i don't know how power hungry the a13 is versus uh what the a11 a10 a12 11 that came in the iphone 10 and iphone mm-hmm. 8 the last phone in this design um i kind of think that it might end up being a wash and you're going to get iphone 8 battery performance which wasn't which wasn't great people were complaining about the battery life of the iphone 8 so i think for for light use it'll be fine but it's it's not going to be it's definitely not going to be a two-day phone and it's probably not even gonna be an all-day phone for people who use their phones heavily mm. yeah i guess does does the increased performance of the a13 mean that it's it runs more efficiently i can do things faster and into low power states faster that it saves the battery or is it just going to be hitting it harder but because it can hit higher performance states right yeah my concern is that we've had a a few years now away from this design and they've had you know slightly bigger phones with with much bigger batteries in them and so like performance per watt hasn't necessarily been as much of what they were targeting with these newer chips and so Mm. they might not be quite as efficient as they were a couple years ago Hmm. all right so no one's actually got it in their hands yet I haven't seen any reviews yet. Well, something to look forward to. What is the release date? I don't even know. You know, I I don't know either. I didn't look and see when these were actually shipping out. I assume, I would assume they're on their way to people already. Let's see. Available Let's the 24th. 24th. Oh, that's uh, in two days. So it should definitely be in people's hands. So, yeah. so in Australian dollars, the 64 gig version is $749. That's, that's very wow. good. <laughs> <laughs> it probably sounds bad to you, but <laughs> yeah, it's, let's say it's four hundred dollars here. So it's about the price should. that iPhones used to be back in like the four and the four S days. Really, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I guess that's about right. I'll say the original iPhone launched at six hundred and then quickly got a two hundred dollar price cut like three months mm. later. So and then stayed there for years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, uh, sixty four gig starting capacity pretty good i think most people can live with that yeah, especially anyone going for an se i think that that's going to be more than useful for them mm, yep and it can record in uh hevc which is nice right and i bring that up because during the week i just discovered that my iphone my iphone se the og se can mm-hmm. record in 4k but it can't encode it in hevc so it takes up even more space Oh man, I I have been pondering this for a few months casually. Why is my photo library exploding in size so much? And uh, <laughs> it turns out I've been recording video at 4K and uh, X264, which is like 10 megabytes a second of video, roughly. <laughs> oh, I was very disappointed when I found that out. So now I've got a, a whole job ahead of me of probably transcoding all this video to hevc you should just be recording with your ipad (laughs) (laughs) i could become one of those people 
Yeah, the 11 inch isn't isn't too big to be holding up and recording with. I don't usually have it in my pocket, though. Right. I'm actually surprised to hear the original SE can record in 4K. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, it's quite a capable little phone. Yeah. Just disappointing that there's no HEVC. Because it's like, uh, I think you get like 20% of the file size of a uh, H.264 video. Right, yeah, it's a it's a big improvement. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, moving on, we haven't had much uh, Apple Watch discussion in the last few months, but a uh, an app came out. And do you want to tell me about it because you sent it to me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's it's called actually I don't even know how to pronounce it. Nami or Nomi? I've been calling it Nomi, but Nomi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's a basically a little tamagashi for your apple watch uh but uh some of the ways you can interact with it are actually by uh getting out and getting exercise it leverages your your health kit data and can keep track of your your steps and stuff and kind of count that as taking your pet for a walk which is a a great way to encourage you know just general health and and fitness and uh at the same time man you know an app like this is just you know been destined for the Apple Watch since it came out. Yeah, it's a stroke of genius, isn't it? I mean, I'd be yeah. shocked if something like it didn't exist already, but this is just really well implemented. Like, it's nicely designed. Um, it works well. As you walk or as you get activity, you earn, like, hearts, which you feed to your Nomi, your Tamagotchi mm-hmm. thing. Um, and mine dies, like, uh, every second day because <laughs> I don't feed it. <laughs> <laughs> just because you forget to feed it or you're not getting enough steps in or what no it's actually because in these times of quarantine i i don't always wear my apple watch every day at the moment because i don't like really need to know what the time is so yeah i'm sure once once things return to normal i'll um i'll be feeding it on the regular well sounds like you should be doing the descriptions you want to step further me i haven't even downloaded the app oh really you sent it to me i know I i saw it and i sent it to you i'm like this looks so cool and then i didn't get it I'm I'm purchasing it as we speak. All right, it's downloading on my watch. Is it though? I got the uh, the classic um, purchase it on the phone, and then it gives you the instructions like, if this doesn't appear on your watch, then you should go into the app store and then click on account, and then click on purchases, and then click on download. <laughs> and well, I like downloaded sense. it from the Apple Watch store. Ah, okay. So. Although it is prompting me to enter my whole Apple ID password, which is a little yeah, man, I get that every time I watch. Well. It's kind of annoying. Okay, now it's entered. Now it's downloading. All right. So this is by an Australian uh, pair of developers, which is cool. Hmm. Uh, the top comment is apparently stolen from somewhere by the commenter, but uh, they say it's like Tamagotchi, but the dumb animal you're trying to keep alive is you. <laughs> Yeah, so I think something like this has a lot of potential, not only for, you know, its its current state, but they could definitely continue to integrate this with other health features and and have it almost like a little fitness trainer is encouraging you to get more exercise. Yeah, maybe the Nomi could start giving you inspirational, demotivational messages. <laughs> demotivational messages. What do you call it when they just, like, give you crap for not working out? Um... Oh, I have no idea what you're trying to go for. 
I don't know. You know me's like, I've been alive for five days. I bet you can't keep me alive for six. <laughs> you, you, you piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. So, moving right along. Unless you have something more to say about Nomi. Nomi. Uh, no. Not yet. Getting it set up, I'll have more to say in the future. Alright, cool. Um, So, there's a tweet from John Prosser, who seems to have a, a tweet about something like every day in the last month. But the, the current tweet right. is, I'm not going to say that Final Cut is coming to iPad, but Xcode is present on iOS, iOS slash iPad OS 14. The implications there are huge. Opens the door for pro applications to come to iPad. And then he uh, plugs his live stream. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this John Prosser guy. I, he seems to be rather prolific, but all of a sudden. And um, I don't know. Some people in the comments don't have that uh, positive opinion of him. But then when prompted for like uh, proof of his... Um, I don't know, what am I saying? They're saying that he just throws shit on the wall and hopes something sticks, but there's only one actual piece of evidence that anyone's come up with to to um to like support that theory. It is a very recent piece of evidence though. What's that? Uh he recently got on Twitter and was bragging about apparently having the slide deck for the the cancelled March product event and you know bragging about it to the extent of like you know at tim cook you're about to hate me kind of things um and it, it turned out that uh he just had some internal sale document that were apparently easy to access it, it was not uh you know some kind of exclusive to him information and uh he just presumed that that's what he had because because someone had sent it to him and that's what that told him that's what it was and he got kind of braggadocious about it too early and then when he was called out on it uh deleted the tweets and and uh instead of admitting you know there was an issue or that he was going off of false information he said that he can't talk about it because he's protecting his source or something like that Mm. and that was within the last couple weeks he's definitely a showman but if right. that's the only thing that that's been discredited, that's still pretty good. Like that's no reason to doubt his. He's got real sources. Yeah, he definitely has real sources. He's got some real. Uh, you know, he basically leaked everything there was to know about the SE before it came out. Um, yeah, so exactly. He, he definitely knows some people. <laughs> Although one of the responses I saw, and I don't think it was here on Reddit, it might have been actually a response to his tweet directly, was that. Uh, there's been a like a very light version of Xcode present in uh, in iOS uh, since I I OS 13, and it seemed to be mostly used for uh, uh, plugging plugging your device in to to Xcode on your computer and and running de- uh, development apps like natively in the environment. So yeah. I don't. So there's no confirmation whether or not this is something new that he's talking about or this is the previously existing like xcode light that already exists um yeah right and i really don't understand what this how this ties into final cut coming to the ipad in any way 
Yeah, that's that's a, a very weird point about this tweet because he just seems to mention Final Cut offhand, but there's actually zero information about Final Cut. Right. <laughs> but then he also mentions, like, uh, as a response to some doubters, like, oh, I've, I've got more information than I'm letting on. I wouldn't be saying this unless, uh, like, I was sure of it, which could just be his response instead of backtracking on the whole thing, like just doubling down on it, even though he might know he's made a mistake. I guess only right. the future is going to tell about this. Well, I don't know if, if optimistic is the word I'm looking for, but I'm definitely excited about a future that includes Xcode on the iPad. I think Xcode on the iPad in conjunction with this new Magic Keyboard is is going to be... Uh, incredible it's gonna this is this is probably me over over hyping the tools just like when i got my first ipad and thought ipad pro and thought oh man i'm gonna be an artist now this is the same thing <laughs> xcode's hey, gonna come good at drawing <laughs> xcode's gonna come and i'm gonna get this keyboard and suddenly i'm just gonna start cranking out ios apps because i can't <laughs> but i i'm excited about it but i don't think that's actually gonna happen for a platform to be self-sufficient like that, though, is kind of like a final form. That's a big step. I said final form like three times in this show already. <laughs> but yeah, we've got we've got the physical final form, and then we'll have the software final form if it can code for itself. Right. Yeah. I think I think this is definitely a possibility. I think the Magic Keyboard itself is really like indicative of what Apple's vision of the future of the iPad is, and a trackpad and a, like a real like laptop quality keyboard. There's no way that they're not going to be bringing more pro apps over to support all of this. Yeah. But then you look at like iMovie and it's like a sad version of what's on Mac OS still, even though iMovie has been there for like half a decade at least already. Right. Yeah. iMovie was one of those like original apps to launch the iPad. Right. So even longer. And yeah. it's still <laughs> not feature parity with the desktop version. I mean, even like drag and drop, which is like one of the features of you know, one of the flagship features of the iPad now is not in iMovie all these years later. Right, yep. Apple's been really hit or miss on, on their iPad apps. Because you're right, iMovie hasn't been in a while. Uh, I mean, iPhoto, what came and went over the course of a couple years, it, it barely had a life on the iPad at all before they <laughs> completely abandoned it. Do you remember it. iPhoto on the iPad, do? Not many yeah. people know about it. Yeah, I got it day one. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Me too, but I just never understood the workflow for it. But it was right. there. <laughs> uh, I work like ebbs and flows. Sometimes those apps will sit there in the app store for years and not be touched. And then they'll suddenly have an influx of, we're putting all the new features in it. And it's going to sit for another couple of years. So Yeah. And then you see like ads for hiring to the iWork team. So, you know, there's definitely a team that works on iWork. Like there's not some people that just like come and go and do bits and bobs and then release it. Like, there's a team behind these apps, but seemingly they only release what they do on, like, a biannual basis. Right. And it and it seems more that iWork is used to prop up new features of the iPad. It's like, it's got this new feature, and, and to show off how it works, we've updated the iWork apps to utilize it because nothing else does yet. And <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Maybe actual pro apps, like Final Cut... And, and maybe Logic and, and Xcode would, would, would get more support than 
the kind of the more casual consumer iMovie and things like that. Yeah, but there's not much uh, of a, a track record of that happening. But you'd hope so. I mean, if I if Xcode was there, it would have to get regular updates because it just has to. Yeah, you can't get around that. SDKs and new versions of iOS and iPadOS and blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. Well, once Xcode's out, I'm definitely going to become a full time iOS developer. <laughs> You've just been waiting for it to be on the iPad to to dive in, huh? Exactly. Yeah, it's been holding me back. <laughs> Actually, I have an idea for an app already. What it's going to do is it's going to go through my iPhoto library, my photos library. Okay. Uh, pick it, sort the videos by size, and then one by one, transcode them to X265, <laughs> and then replace the video that's currently in the library with all the original metadata. I wonder how much of that could be done with a Siri shortcut. Zero, because you can't transcode video on the iPad. I wonder... Is that an iPad limitation, or is that just no one's made an app to do it yet kind of limitation? I believe it's an iPad limitation, because believe me, I've looked into it, and every single transcoding app uploads the video to a server, and then transcodes, and then downloads the transcoded video. Really? Yeah. You'd think even something like LumaFusion, you could import the video, and then just export it as a video, and it'd probably come out as... No, yeah, you're right. Of course you can do it with video apps like LumaFusion and iMovie. Right. You can do it. So why isn't there an option just as like a standalone app? Maybe my App Store search foo is just not very strong. <laughs> so all it would take is an app like LumaFusion adding a serious shortcut integration to transcode video and it would just, you know, work. Yeah. Hmm. And here I am trying to sideload FFmpeg onto my iPad to try and get that working instead. <laughs> that's actually what I've been trying to do. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> well, hopefully this this will solve the problem for you then. What's that? Xcode? <laughs> All right, LumaFusion, if you have oh, it. Oh, uh, LumaFusion won't work because it won't bring over the old metadata. Oh, right. But I guess I... Yeah. Man, that's a whole I guess I problem. could do it and then go to the Mac, and then fix the metadata on the Mac. God, it's going to be such a process. I've never had a good answer for metadata. I wish Apple had a way to manage metadata, uh, because I, I tweaked the metadata in my iTunes library, or I used to. I haven't in years, mm-hmm. because it's been such a hassle. And I don't sync with my computer anymore. So, uh, yeah. But I'd love a way to do that from iOS. Yeah, me too. Not in music for me, but in photos. Right. Um, so AirTags, there's a bit more news from um, a, a, uh, a tweeter who is Chocobit, Choco underscore bit, shared mm-hmm. a bit of news. Uh, they're going to come in multiple colors, which I for one did not expect. I thought they'd all be white because white goes with everything. I have a built-in right. speaker, which I did expect because, I mean, you, you want to hear that little noise to like find your keys in the house. It's not enough just to have... Right, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Activation lock, that's kind of weird. And not limited to U1 enabled devices. And I thought that would be a given as well because if it was, then there would not be many iPhones that you could use these things with. Right. Yeah, I think even the activation lock is is pretty obvious because if someone could find your AirTag and just unpair it with your account and steal it, you know, you're less likely to find your lost stuff. 
Yeah, I guess um, I didn't really think through exactly what activation lock means, but that makes just like that just makes sense. Right. So uh yeah, I think the multiple colors thing is probably the the most surprising news <laughs> to come out of this. So how um, are you going to buy it? Because we uh guessed that it would be like purchasable in a like a five pack of tags. Would you get a five pack of multiple colors or would you choose like a five pack of white or a five pack of blue? I or actually would it be like don't. all the colors in the original Rainbow Apple logo. Oh, that might be cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I would say I don't actually believe they're going to come in multiple colors. This is like the AirPod rumors that they're going to come in multiple colors and have yet to actually come to fruition. Maybe what they're saying is that they come in white, and white is, as we know, a combination of all colors. Right. <laughs> it's the, the Henry Ford quote. It comes in any color you want, as long as the color you want is white. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, and white is the most findable color as well. Like you would not want it coming in black because you'd never see it. Right. I guess as long as it's playing a noise, then it might be okay. Mm, yeah. And I guess it is attached to something as well. Right. Yeah. The mm. noise thing is interesting because they're supposed to be waterproof as well. And you'd hope that they would be. Sure. Um, it's actually pretty handy to have things able to play noise when you're looking for them because i use that on my airpods all the time because i often fall asleep with one airpod in and then wake up and <laughs> it's nowhere to be found it's somewhere amongst all the sheets and it still has a charge enough to play a sound huh oh yeah nearly always does i kind of thought those would slowly drain if they were just left outside the case but i guess probably not overnight they, It'd take longer than that yeah they, they do slowly drain outside the case but when I mean, they're not doing anything it's pretty slow right okay I just I just want to see these finally show up. I've been hearing about them for almost a year now and uh yeah, it's still no sign when they're actually going to appear. Well, uh it wasn't in this quote, but wasn't wasn't the rumor that they're going to be released alongside a new MacBook Pro in May? I did see that rumor. Man, <laughs> rumors have just been so rife in the last month or two. It's hard it, to keep be- track be odd to see an apple event in may but maybe you know maybe there's more to this march event and it's they've just decided to spread it out over the next couple months instead of releasing it all at once mm-hmm. and yeah. i just want the air tags now i and i don't even want them because i think they're going to be that helpful for me i'm just really excited to try the ar feature and see how it works <laughs> an actual use for the u1 chip finally yeah yep finally <laughs> well the the next iPhone will have a U1 chip and uh, a LiDAR scanner. There's got to be something massive in the works that's going to take advantage of all this, right? Because Apple just doesn't like just add hardware for like pot potential uses. There's normally something in mind. Right, yeah, unless it's 3D Touch. Yeah, they had something in mind with 3D Touch. <laughs> it just didn't work out. just didn't work out. No one liked it. No, people liked it. People liked it once it was clear that it was not going to be a thing anymore. The people decided they liked it. <laughs> you know, I actually found, and I don't think I've mentioned this since it happened, uh, it hasn't been such a, a big deal to move away from 3D Touch. That's good to hear. Uh, it took, you know, maybe a week to get used to holding on the space bar to move the cursor instead of just pressing anywhere. Um, and then other than that, the the tweaks in iOS 13 that have 
you know, replaced peak and pop, uh, feel very fluid and natural, and I'm not missing it at all. And your phone is slightly lighter because of it. <laughs> I'm definitely not feeling that benefit with a stainless steel phone, but <laughs> <laughs> I did I did see a rumor also recently that um, perhaps Apple had to remove 3D Touch because they're still working on underscreen uh, fingerprint readers and they couldn't get both of them to work together. So they had to remove that extra layer on the display. Mm, yeah. Did you really the... seen? I mean, John Prosser hasn't mentioned anything about it, so I don't think it exists really. This underscreen reader. Well, there was a rumor just I think yesterday I saw about the the next uh, iteration of the iPad Air is going to have an underscreen fingerprint reader and edge edge display. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Which would make the iPad Air kind of make sense. It'd be its own device again. So you get the edge-to-edge display, but not the face ID and everything. Uh-huh. Hmm. It's kind of un- an unwieldy device to put a fingerprint reader on under the screen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's anything like air power, Apple's going to say, you can put your finger anywhere and it'll scan and let you in. That Ooh, seems like the Apple way that. to do it. Yeah. No one's done that, though, have they? No, it's always been a like a sp- specific area or... There was like one company that had like the whole like lower third of the display that you could use, mm. but yeah. that didn't catch on. So I don't know if it wasn't precise or what. Well, it's going to be a big year. Yeah, I'm excited. Already has been. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, just the the current state of the world doesn't push these products back too much farther. Mm, yeah, actually, I forgot to mention on the SE, uh, the the SE Plus never happened, but rumors are it still is going to did you see that now it's rumored end of 2021 we'll see an se plus <laughs> yeah that's i mean it sounds too late yeah yeah what are they going to do with that that part of the production line until then because it's not it's not making any plus size phones anymore is it it's no right plus. well the the rumor I saw today saying end of 2021 also said it's going to be a bit of a redesign. Like they're going to integrate Touch ID into the the lock button. Uh, I don't know how much credence this had, but that is complete BS. <laughs> it's missing the know. point of the SE phone altogether. That's true. Yeah, if they're not reusing existing manufacturing methods, then what's the point? They're not able to yeah. make it that cheap. Yeah, you don't invest like a hundred million to make the budget phone. Right. Yeah. I think I, I'm on the same page as you. I don't think we're going to see... Maybe the SE Plus will come out later this year, and if it doesn't, I don't think it's going to happen. Yep. I'm on board with that. Hmm. Cool. Well, I'm James VDM on Reddit and Twitter. And I'm Jelly Woot on Reddit and Twitter. And we have a subreddit, reddit.com slash the uh, Apple show. I hope you haven't heard too many clicks from my non-tap-to-click magic keyboard during the show i i haven't heard anything so i think That's you're good. just fine good <laughs> how's quarantine been treating you uh you know it's all right i've been i've been uh like trying to actively get out of the house and and go on walks more to stay sane <laughs> which is a good habit to get in anyway now that i'm gonna be working from home for foreseeable future as well so yeah <laughs> what about you 
Yeah, definitely just doing like more low key stuff like going for walks and just kind of going to the beach because the beaches, a lot of people go there, but we've got a pretty big shoreline. So it's easy to stay away from people when you're at the beach and yeah, trying to keep the two and a half year old occupied. Right. Yeah. My life while Yasmin keeps the uh, six week old fed and fed and uh, fed and. Fed, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fed and clean. That's about all you need to do with a six-week-old. Yeah, pretty much. How's yeah. uh, How's Paul doing? Is he still pretty quiet or is he getting fussy at this point? He has his fussy days, but he's not. Yeah? Yeah, yeah just, just a standard baby, I think. <laughs> just does everything you expect. Sometimes sure. he cries a bit and then you feed him whatever and... He stops crying, and sometimes he doesn't want to sleep. Sometimes he sleeps really well. Just very right. standard expectation meeting expectations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's that's good. I guess there's no concerns or issues then. Nope. No, no concerns. <laughs> hey, did you hear about uh, Brady and Gronkowski? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> All right, so this is how starved the. Uh, news media is the sports media is we we literally hear nothing about the nfl in australia um Mm -hmm. even like when the super bowl is on they wouldn't even get a mention and yet they're so starved that apparently uh the re-hiring of this nfl player out of retirement retirement was uh enough to make australian news huh man so yeah old gronkowski out of retirement reuniting with brady uh, killer combo. Uh, apparently, I don't know anything about NFL, but yeah, I know who Tom Brady is. I've never heard of Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I'm definitely not a a football person or basically any sport. <laughs> <laughs> not a sport person in general. Definitely not like professional, or whatever. Like I watch college college sports more than like the NFL. Okay. I just thought that was amusing this morning when that made, like, the five-minute bulletin big enough news to make the bulletin. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably good news for you because everything on our news is is people protesting quarantines and wanting the country to be reopened. Is that (laughs) not so much an issue over there? That's not a thing here, no. No, I think being aggressively ignorant is definitely an American trait, so... (laughs) (laughs) Some Americans seem to go out of their way to be ignorant, don't they? It it definitely feels that way. <laughs> God, yeah. Yeah, I do keep track of those things just casually on Reddit and then it pops up. Yeah. Very amusing. <laughs> yeah, it might be amusing from the other side of the world. It's terrifying to be in the middle <laughs> of it and know that no one's taking this seriously. <laughs> hey, we were supposed to have some sort of uh, TV or movie review, weren't we? Or did or was that already supposed to be the previous show? Oh yeah, we did say that. Whatever it was, I'm sure I didn't watch it. I did the rewatch banker. Office Space. Oh, the banker! I haven't seen it. I completely oh, forgot okay. there was even a thing. I I want to watch it though. Okay. So uh, I, I do have a movie I, recommendation though. Okay. There's a movie called Honey Boy, Honey featuring Boy. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. I'll, I just highly recommend it. It's a very good movie. It's kind is it of a, a new movie. Yeah, it's pretty new. Um, oh I think yeah, twenty nineteen. 
It's a pretty low-key movie, though, but I just found it was very impactful and uh, enlightening and uh, just a, a very good oh, time. interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's like, it's based on a real story. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I need things to occupy my time anyway, so this will be this will be great. I need to start like a, a list in my reminders, things I need to watch. Yeah, for the show or just in general? Uh, just in general. <laughs> I found myself, you know, multiple times sitting down saying, man, I don't know what I want to watch. But then we sit here and I'm like, oh, there's so many things I still need to watch. Mm. Yeah, definitely I, the list. Start a note. I'm... And you can just share things to the note. It's too late. I already started in reminders. I try to use oh, yeah, reminders that's... when I can. Yeah, not a bad option. If something doesn't have a date for me, then I don't normally put it in reminders. Oh, I barely ever use reminders for dates. It's more of a... Like, my grocery list and stuff goes in reminders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine too, actually. But, uh, yeah, okay. I've just disproved my own point. There's no date <laughs> on a grocery item. There's no date on milk. Right. So to speak. <laughs> there is a date on milk, but yeah. Yeah, if it's a list I can check off, it usually goes in reminders. Unless it's yeah. a list that I really want to keep track of the things that were checked off, and then it goes in notes, because those don't disappear after you check them off. Mm, yeah. And actually, if it's something that I use Siri to add to, then it's probably going to reminders, because it's way easier to add something to a reminders list than a notes list. Right. I feel like there was one other thing that that you had recommended I watch on that last show one or two episodes ago hmm a movie or a tv show i think i might have recommended devs was that devs? it devs. it doesn't sound familiar devs. devs devs what is that well that didn't help i just typed devs and got rerouted to apple's developer portal <laughs> autocomplete url uh, autocomplete in safari is actually very bad a lot of the time it's very annoying yeah, I'd prefer, um, if I'm typing in the search bar or the URL bar, never autocomplete and redirect me somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, Devs is a miniseries by uh, Alex Garland, who's made a lot of really good stuff and seems to be quite a clever writer. Oh, I've seen the the uh, advertisements for this. Directed Ex Machina, which is excellent. Annihilation, which is not too bad. I'm adding it to the list. Devs. And here I am sitting and rewatching Office Space for like the fourth time last week. What are you when there's... doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> I could I could have been watching devs. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know what Office Space is. I'll have to add that to my list. Oh, really? It's it's pretty. It's a classic movie. Um, if even if you don't know what it is, you'd definitely recognize some of the memes from it. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I already recognize about... the main character. Ah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth watching. It's like an hour and a half. All right, I'll endeavor to watch this then before we talk next. Okay, and I've got a whole list of things I need to watch. So yeah, you're going to struggle to get through all that, but see how I you will go. make sure I'll make sure to watch the banker before the next one because I've been really excited about that for months. <laughs> yeah, you told me about that, and here we are. I know. Well, later. it got like pushed back, and then I like went to the back of my mind, and I hadn't thought about it because well, it was supposed to debut at some film festival. Right, right. Apple wanted some Oscars for it. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I can hear the baby kind of grumbling slash crying off in the background, so I might leave you there. All right. I'll let you get back to parenting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Talk to you in two weeks. All right. Bye. Bye.